So a big thank you to all of you, our listeners. Uh, the early support for our Game Theory podcast has been nothing short of exceptional. Uh, beyond what we had imagined we were going to do in a jump from week one to week two. But uh, we would love to keep this thing going. And in order to keep Game Theory going, turns out we need a little bit of help from great advertisers. And that's what we're looking for right now. And we want to make sure that we are directing uh, what we believe you would be into to exactly what you are interested in, which is why we're asking you if you could give us a little bit of help, uh, visit podsurvey.com slash game theory. That's podsurvey.com slash game theory. It's just a quick, super quick anonymous survey that helps us get to know you a little better. That way we can show advertisers how great you are and what you're interested in. And if you've ever taken one of these podcast listener surveys before, this one's specific to our show uh, so we'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mind doing it. Plus, once you completed the survey, we are giving away a $100 Amazon gift card to somebody. So again, that is podsurvey.com slash game theory. Uh, podsurvey.com slash G-A-M-E-T-H-E-O-R-Y. And we cannot thank you enough for all the downloads, all the listeners, uh, all of you listeners and your support. But this is something that we do need to do moving forward to keep this thing going. So if you like it, uh, if you enjoy the pod, particularly Cynthia, because, I mean, that's really what you're enjoying, uh, please visit podsurvey.com slash game theory. All right, welcome to Game Theory and Money. Hi, I'm Matt Money Smith. I will be the mechanic, as they call it, moving this thing along from spot to spot. While Cynthia is the brains of the operation, she of the two... Uh, advanced degrees, one in predictive analytics, and for all of you that think that's a bunch of uh, math and mishmash, she also has an MBA, so uh, wear it. Both from Northwestern, go Wildcats and Pat Fitzgerald, and really the basis of this podcast, Cynthia, I always say it at the start, correct me if I'm wrong, is the idea that you have a vehicle to run 10,000 simulations to give you an idea of what the math suggests is supposed to happen in this game with the variables um, that you decide to weigh. The idea is just to create a recipe that you can follow or you can choose to not follow. And it just kind of level sets so that you can make a decision if you like it or you don't. How about this? Uh, you think you know everything? Great. Uh, maybe we plant a seed that helps push you one way or another if you were uh, in a 50-50. It's a 50-50 ball. And we're Devontae Parker or Des Bryant, all right? We're six foot three and we make them 70-30 balls. How about that? Does that work? <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> no, you don't like him. Okay. Um, what what pieces do you put together to help, I guess, decide what number is going to come out and what you're going to share? Is it different for every team? Is it different for every game? I think that's something that's probably of interest to the people that are listening. The main point is to get rid of some of your innate biases. So I'm from Michigan. I have a certain feeling about the Lions. Kind of no matter what you do, I still have that feeling inside of me about the Lions. So <laughs> I have, a, I have a bias, right? Like, you probably have a bias about the Chargers. You know way more about the Chargers than 99. Right, well, and, and then most people listening, most people kind of, unless they're on the team. So for me, part of creating a normal set, a recipe, so kind of understanding which metrics are most correlated to success over the long term. Now, those things, so keeping that kind of creating the program before you go into game time so that the decision when you kind of are in the moment is less about your heart and more about, okay, this has worked over the long term. These are the indicators for success. This team has seven indicators for success. This team has two. This team offense is great. This team defense, which are most correlated with success over the long term. 
That's what matters most. So, uh, so take your pocky. And today uh, on Game Theory, we're going to give you updated playoff odds. We're going to go contender, pretender. We give you the matchup of the week. We do what's called the Freeland Forecast. That are that is the four biggest matchups that uh, you have indicated, kind of based on who the participants are and what the math has suggested. We'll do ten games. In 10 minutes, there's always some sort of surprise question that humiliates me, which I'm fine with. It's okay. And then we (laughs) do uh, what we call points on points. And those are games that perhaps people think will be a defensive struggle that you see being more offense heavy or point of palooza that is not going to be that way based on what your simulation. Point of palooza. I like it. I I plug that in every now and then. (laughs) What your uh, map has suggested. So why don't we get started uh, with the updated playoff odds and some things you want to share with folks after just two weeks of a season. So two weeks into the season, uh, there's always these stats that we hear on every show, on a show that I'm on on Sunday morning. Teams that go 0-2, oh blah, 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 since 1990. 9%, good luck yeah, with that. Right, right. So you have to remember two games are still two games. I, I understand that that's a hard thing to understand. Often if you start out 0-2, you are not a great team necessarily, right? But that's not always... Not all 0-2 teams are the same. Right. And since 2011, so in 2011, there's new collective bargaining agreement with the NFL. It made the preseason contact rules different. So now we see a lot of changes in September that we didn't see prior to 2011. So over the past five years, there have been 38 teams to start 0-2, and five of them have made the playoffs. But what's even a little bit more indicative to me that of the 38 teams that started 2-0, 20 of them. So a little more than half make the playoffs. So again, the fast start, don't overestimate a really fast start, but also don't underestimate a maybe unlucky sort of slow start. Yeah, we just saw two teams tangle, as a matter of fact, the Dolphins and Chargers. Chargers now 0-2. and two. The Dolphins were 0-2 and two last year, ended up going 10-6, and six right. and made the playoffs. And remember, and you know this better than anyone, the Chargers lost two games on very close, last-minute, fluky things, like the first game against Denver that has a 2% chance of happening a blocked field goal. You know, 2%, that's very low. And then missing a field goal as time expires. At that distance. At that distance, at 44 yards, 18% chance of happening. These are two low-probability events, so not all 0-2 teams are created equally, and not all 2-0 teams are created equally. All right, so let's uh, move on to contender or pretender, the Broncos and the Cowboys, and what we saw in what was perhaps the marquee game of Week 2. This one was one that I got completely wrong. We'll get into that in a minute, what sure. I got right and what I got wrong. But I'm, I'm absolutely happy to admit that. It's interesting in this game. So there's a bunch of things that come into play. Injuries are one of them. Reconfigured, you know, what people have seen now that you have a year of tape on Zeke Elliott and Dak Prescott. And basically what Dallas, what Dallas failed to do was get their running game going. You kind of saw that, right? So just so you have the numbers, 4.8 yards per carry on 31.2 rushes per game in 2016. That's 49% of their offense was the run on the ground. And this year, 3.8 yards per carry, and they only rushed 22 and a half times a game. Remember, rushing is a luxury sometimes, right? Like if to have competitive balance, that's something that you can do if you're winning in the fourth quarter or if it's a competitive game to keep the downs and distances more manageable. But if you're playing from behind, then you have to throw more. That's, that's, so that's a little bit of chicken and a little bit of egg. But Dak to Dez, two interceptions and a 29.1 passer rating. That's not good. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I think that one will bounce back. But basically, what Denver managed to do was they Dallas Dallas. So they were able to keep it manageable downs and distance for Trevor Simeon. He could, he didn't have to throw the ball. Remember, the magic number for Simeon is 30. If in games where he passes under 30, 30 or fewer times, they are they have six and zero. In games when it's more than 30 times, it's a much worse record. And the key here is, don't overrate Simeon. 
he is a little under pressure. He's a different quarterback than when he's not under pressure. So pressured one of 10 for five yards. So one completion of 10 attempts, five yards. So does yards. that make him a pretender? He's not a pretender. Okay. Is it, he a contender? There, Dallas, sorry, Denver is a contender because they're creating a game plan that works. Their defense, especially, I know you're, I know this is your favorite part of it. I'm sure you have a lot to say on this one, but basically what Derek Wolf is able to do, and you already know how good a keep to leave is. You already know how good their pass rush is. You, if you haven't heard of Von Miller, then you haven't been watching football. You already know that, but the kind of the interior, the ability to stop the run, that's what's different. And on the other side of the ball, C.J. Anderson being effective this year has changed the opportunity for Trevor Simeon and turned the whole team into contenders. One of the interesting things about Denver, having seen it up close uh, in, in the game between the Chargers and Broncos uh, when I was there on Monday night, is you thought that it was going to be a defensive line wrecked by injury. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, no Kerr, right. no Crick. So you yep. have Pecco in there. You have um, Gatsis, who a lot of people expected a lot from when he was drafted. And they made big jumps. You know, well, Pecco made a big impact, and Gatsis made a big jump. And you saw that on display against Dallas. So it's hard to project that when you're running you know, your simulations and you're basing them on Jared Crick and he's not in there, but these right. guys end up coming in and performing at a very high level. And you saw that in stopping the run against the Cowboys. And also against the Chargers, Melvin yeah. Gordon, you know. Nothing. Nothing. One run, him. one run for 21 yards and then nothing the 54 rest of the game. total yards. And the other thing interesting, you know who's tied for number one in touchdown passes? Simeon. Trevor Simeon, yeah. right? And C.J. Anderson, if you're playing fantasy, 13 red zone opportunities. So touches in the red zone, that's how you score fantasy points. Number one in the NFL right now? C.J. Anderson. Yeah. Just real quick, uh, Cowboys pretender or contender, in your opinion? Contender. Contender still. Contender. Just write it off. It's mile high. You it's know, wacky, and they had it figured out. Well, also, they had, the game was extended by, you know, with lightning stopped right. the game. It kind of made it a little bit weird. But one of the bright spots here is Demarcus Lawrence and his pass rush. That's been something we were all like, oh, who's going to rush the passer for Dallas? I think that they have an answer, at least. And that's a big piece to uh, that is a getting big... into contender status. All right, you said you were going to do it, so uh, good and bad from uh, your last, from our last pod, because it seemed like an awful lot of good from what I recalled based on what you had projected was going to happen. There are good weeks and there are bad weeks, and we had a good week in week two. But the things that were not correct, in addition to Dallas and Denver, which I was very wrong about, um, Detroit, 24-10. Obviously, those Monday games, something that's really important here always to take into consideration are injuries. Injuries, especially right when that injury report comes out, the key to winning fantasy, the key to really understanding who's going to win the game, who has the best opportunity to win the game or how, by how much, that really happens when the injury report comes out. So the, the fact that the, the, the Giants had no linebackers playing. <laughs> no linebackers. Right. Beckham played, but he's still not Beckham yet. Right. If you're, Injuries are are confusing because you not only do you have like who's actually not on the field but like are they one is it 100% Odell Beckham because we we didn't see Certainly 100% Odell Beckham so I was wrong about Detroit I'm sorry my hometown might have been your bias huh May, <laughs> maybe it crept in just a bit you're so used to being disappointed I, I actually, by your hometown Detroit Lions. I hate to say it but I D Detroit the number came out the... and you're like I can't believe the Detroit Lions are going to go to New York on a Monday night and win this game I, I did you ignore the math I did not ignore okay. the math. All right. I feel like a reporter. I report it, but sometimes I'm like, really? Wow. Okay. So you got one little thing wrong. You got a whole lot right, though. Anything yeah. particular? I mean, one thing that I recall was you had mentioned how your model showed the Bucks winning by a big, big number over the Bears, and that certainly was the case. Bucks, Bucks and Bears was good. Same thing with Kansas City and Philadelphia. Also had a big number there. A for big, the Chiefs, yeah. yeah. Where the Chiefs, you know, they made. I think I said 26-20. They ended up 27-20. So that's yeah. pretty. That's pretty good. Yep. Um, ultimately. The, what's really interesting is the stability in run game for the Chiefs is really fascinating. They're 
over-indexing in how many yards per rush or yards per touch well, to running back. averaging almost seven yards per carry. And, right. and we know that can't it's hold up. It's not sustainable, but... However, I mean, when, when you think about, you know, Jamal... Uh, Help me out here. Jamal. Charles. Charles. There you go. Who, I mean, his career average is almost six yards per carry. It's like five, eight. So maybe there is something in Kansas City with Andy Reid that he can get his backs to rush for a much higher yards per carry than than anyone else. Scheme um, matters. Scheme matters a lot. And yeah. it really does Andy help. Reed's pretty good at that. <laughs> turns out. And, and, you know, Tyreek Hill, as a deep threat, changes the opportunity. Fewer stacked boxes. Yeah. They, so it's when there's a lot of defenders that know that you're going to run, they stack the box, right? So you, you don't have to face that as much. You're able to run for more yards. Yeah, I don't carry. know if there's anyone better taking the top off right now than uh, Tyreek Hill. All right, let's go to the matchup of the week. Your, Falcons um, and Lions. Yeah, your Lions. What do we got here? <laughs> so the coolest stat about the Lions that is absolutely unsustainable, but I love it anyways, 100% red zone touchdown rate. <laughs> Pretty good number. I'd say 100% is what you're looking for, huh? Okay, so let's be realistic. 55% is the threshold for winning teams. So if you can manage 40% on third down and 55% in the red zone, that's a pretty good formula for being a winner, especially if your defense obviously holds the other team to the opposite of that. Detroit right now 100% and 48.4% of third downs. That one's even more impressive for me. I wanted to give a little nod to the Detroit run game. I don't think they're quote-unquote back. It looked better, though. It, it, looked, it, it certainly looked better in New York. And you know why it looked better? The, the, the difference maker is Darren Fells. He's a tight end. He came from Arizona. He's blocking. Obviously, in the passing game, he's in charge of blocking in that case. But also, run blocking. Darren Fells creates different opportunities for Amir Abdullah, for Theo Riddick. In this game against the, uh, the Falcons this week, Keep an eye on Amir Abdul's ankle. This could be a late injury that you want to – he left the game um, on Monday. You want to just make sure that that – because Theo Riddick could have an amazing game against him. Think of him as kind of like the Tariq Cohen. We saw Tariq Cohen, you know, be elusive and break out for that really long rush. But I think Darren Fells is a difference maker on this team. So they're two 2-0 two teams, Cynthia, right? And mm-hmm. typically when you have undefeated teams tangle, you say this is a battle for, I guess, choose your conference or division, whatever it may be, supremacy – I don't think many people are going to argue that the Falcons are one of the best teams in the uh, the NFC. But what about the Lions? The Lions are better than we originally anticipated, but they're entering a pretty tough stretch of games. And I think we'll see them come back down to earth. They could they could very well contend for number two in the NFC North. It really depends on the health of Sam Bradford for that one. And they could they could sneak and into the And the health of that Green Bay offensive line, by the way, and, that, is, that and is banged the, up and, and looks like Green a disaster. Bay receivers. Yeah, Green and, Bay receivers. Yeah, that's right. Injuries yeah. have racked that yeah. team. Yeah, so, I mean, the NFC North is still kind of wide open depending on injuries. We, injuries, I can't, again, I can't stress enough, especially injuries to non like fantasy relevant positions or fantasy, like seemingly relevant positions for someone you can start. Like, you know, Brian Balaga. Being out makes a difference for for everyone sure. on for everyone on Green Bay's offense. And we'll just, ex- go ahead, we'll expand on that. By the way, when we get yeah, to our uh, our Green Bay, just play. like in this game, no Vic Beasley for Atlanta changes the opportunity for Matt or for Matt Ryan for Matthew Stafford in the pocket. Matthew Stafford is a great passer. Matthew Stafford's great under pressure, but when you give him even a little bit more time, he can be even more deadly. And on the other side of the ball, you got to remember uh, Detroit's missing Jared Davis, so he's a good coverage linebacker. And, you, and that will have an implication for the other side of the ball. Atlanta, you have to look at Matt Ryan and his 100-plus passer rating in nine straight games. 
you have the opportunity here in the middle of the field with Jared Davis out. Again, Austin Hooper is a good sleeper here. It could even mean a big game for Taylor. Gabriel, I'm not afraid of Julio Jones against Darius Slay, though Darius Slay, the Detroit corner. Heck of a corner. He's a good corner. Julio Jones, heck of a receiver. Uh, Julio Jones, <laughs> better receiver. So what do the what do the 10,000 simulations say? What do 10, we got? 10,000 simulations say in Detroit this week, Atlanta will come out victorious 27-23. Yeah, I, th- that's, I think that's right in step. Uh, in, in, How in many a lot points of us, does that add up to? That uh, adds up to 70 points. <laughs> it's a nice 50-point uh, round number between the two. The one thing that, that I think a lot of folks were looking at was, was how does Steve Sarkeesian fit in uh, with the departure of Kyle Shanahan. And it's clear that it's a very similar-looking Atlanta offense, and it is a tough offense to contain because of how they, they deploy their running backs. five different players with 100 scrimmage yards, yeah, 100 I mean, or more scrimmage And that's what we saw from, from Kyle on, Shanahan. Right. So if, if you tell me Spread that the Atlanta, the yeah, if the Atlanta offense looks like it did last year, very comfortable riding them until they prove us wrong. Vic Beasley being out, certainly a big issue. But... The other thing, too, when people point to Chicago and, oh, this is the Falcons on the road. Yeah, that was outdoors. That's on the, ter- that's on the grass. It's also week one. And remember on I told yeah, week you, one. week one, without the, without the preseason being the same way it is before week one, two, all the way through September, really. Teams are kind of toying with what they're going to be doing. So don't overweight week one or even week two. Just kind of see how it all starts to come together. But you need to pick this one, too. And remember. Which I just did. I'm going Falcons. I'm, I'm riding the, the Falcons. What? I'll, I'll go, you know what, I'm going to say 27-23. How you like that? <laughs> <laughs> What's that add up to, Cynthia? Double down. 70. 70. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, to the Freeland forecast. These are the, uh, the four games that uh, you have focused on that, for whatever reason, the math just caused them to jump out at you. Um, so let's get it started with the Saints and Panthers and that NFC South matchup between 2-0 Panther team and a 0-2 Saints team. So when you think of these two games and you think of you close your eyes you think like wow offense 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 right you think high octane offense from the saints you think of defenses that are pretty porous the saints defense being pretty porous but it's very interesting to me the panthers have not allowed a touchdown through two games this is another stat that will not persist people will score a touchdown are you sure you're comfortable (laughs) you're really sticking your neck out there i'm really sticking my neck out there so cam and drew have met up 11 times who do you think has the edge i'm gonna go drew up Cam, 6'5". It's pretty, well, pretty there even, you go. though. Right? So, Thanks. Thanks a lot for doing that to me. It's 6'5", <laughs> Cynthia. But, you know, in most statistical categories, Cam is actually worse. Completion percentage, how many times, you know, touchdown interception rate, and passer rating actually Drew's exceeded Cam. So Cam's got the defense. Correct. Basically, the point is, is Cam's defense yeah. has, over, has overweighted the impact of how good Drew Brees is. So the interesting part, the interesting part in this game is I do have Carolina winning. 24-21. Think that this could be this could be an upset alert with Greg Olson not playing. The whole offense is going to be reconfigured. I think this is where we see Christian McCaffrey start to really take control of that short passing game. They're going to need to. Maybe we see Curtis Samuel kind of jump into the mix more than he has the wide receiver. And on the other side of the ball, when you look at when you look at Drew Brees and you look at what he's able to create, this is this is going to be an interesting matchup. Um, when it comes to, I don't think there's going to be as much running in this game as you maybe would like if you were Drew Brees. I think it's going to be very pass-heavy, and it's probably Michael Thomas um, getting the the bulk of the passes, even though we, we never really know who Drew Brees is going to pass to. All right, so ultimately, once again, your pick in this is? Carolina 24-20. But 
one. But there was a qualifier in there, and it was that this could be right. an upset. This, I'm putting them on upset alert. You're putting them on upset yeah, alert. Yeah, that little emoji, like, like the alert emoji, that's what I'm doing for I'd them. love to take the Saints just because of that offense and that the Panthers have faced the, the San Francisco 49ers and the Buffalo Bills, two teams that do not have prolific offenses, and their offense has struggled. Uh, it is clear that Cam is not right, and right. they're trying to figure out this Christian McCaffrey and, and Jay, you know Jonathan Stewart sort of thing, and it just hasn't quite clicked yet, so I worry about them keeping up, mm-hmm. but it's not in the Superdome. Would you take Devin Funches as a sleeper? No. I you just, wouldn't? I just, I'm not crazy about him. I, I'm not crazy about him. I love Calvin Benjamin. I love Christian McCaffrey. Love Cam. Love Stewart. What he does in, in goal line situations, I'm still waiting to see it from Funches. Now, he's going to be pressed into it because of the injury to Olsen. Right. Um, and it, Dixon's their tight end now, I think, right, that gets elevated. So, not crazy about that play I either. wouldn't play that tight end. Yeah. Like, I, that's, I, I, that's a wait and see. They, you yeah. do not fill Greg Olson's shoes. No. So um, <laughs> if this was in the Superdome, I'd take the Saints, no question. But I'll take the Panthers because the Saints have no semblance of a running game, and it does seem like there's a little bit of strife and discord going on but in that group right now. Do you think it's going to be like a high-scoring game? No, I think it'll be close. Close. Um, and, and probably low-scoring. Yeah, right. A little, little more, more defense than the Saints defense might suggest. Hard to believe we say suggest. that with the Saints, yeah, in, right. in it. All right, so uh, we both like the Panthers, and we both like it to be a bit low-scoring. How about Giants and Eagles, little uh, NFC East tilt? Okay, so Giants, now we're at eight straight games with fewer than 20 points. That's not a great one. No. But Need to score points to win. Points help. <laughs> points help if you're <laughs> points help if you're going to win. There were a lot of drops on Monday night. You know, drops are a bad indicator of who's actually getting the ball. Evan Ingram is a good pick in this one. Same with Zach Ertz on the other side of the ball. Get into that in a second. Um, Odell Beckham Jr. I to me in fantasy this week, I don't know if I'm playing him. Even though still want to see it. I I don't think he's 100 percent right. Um, I've heard rumors that he like retweaked an ankle in practice and trying to go because he wants the morale and changed everything around. But with that. O-line being so it's like scary for the opportunity for Eli Manning. I don't know if Odell Beckham's going to have the opportunity. Think about think of it like this. If they're asking Eli Manning to do those five and seven step drops, he needs time to be able to execute them. In in twenty any in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen when he had those shorter passes and you don't need five or seven step drops, then the O line doesn't need to be as good, right? Short passes need less time in the pocket. But if you want Odell Beckham Jr. and the routes that he runs, you need those. You need those deeper five, seven-step drops. And they're not holding their blocks. They're not off. holding their blocks. So that's to me a, a, a big indicator. I do think that they score more than thirteen points, but not much. I think it's Philadelphia twenty-two, Giants seventeen, and I like Zach Ertz. He has thirteen targets so far this season. I like everything I'm seeing about the improvement to Carson West, though I don't think he's. I don't think Carson Wentz is fantasy relevant, but he's improved quite significantly. I like. Philadelphia over the Eagle or over the Giants. Yeah, we're not Eagles. having much disagreement here. Uh, my issue is Eric Flowers isn't a left tackle. I mean, it's 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 just not right. The guy shouldn't be there. I feel and he's like getting these. I feel as he should. I mean, it's it's right. he, he can't block. He's just not. That's not his this, position. He should not be there. And you mentioned Eli. Eli's doing his line no favors either. He is holding onto the ball way too long through two games. They have no running game. I mean, we're hearing about Orleans Darkwa going to start getting the bulk of the carries because right. Paul Perkins couldn't do it. Um, and, and we saw last week, look, Carson Wentz in his second season faced adversity in Kansas City, 
and he was able to rebound a little bit, and, and it was a one-score game. Um, right. And it was a weird game. No LeGarrette Blunt after having such a great first game with the Eagles. At the same time, this is, you know, in Philadelphia. The Giants have shown nothing to believe that that offense is, They're still is ready to compete by injury. Yet. This is another one yeah. with the, the non-fantasy-relevant like you know fantasy relevant injuries that are coming into play here. The right tackle has also been struggling right. with injury. Like, that doesn't help you. Yeah, the entire offensive <laughs> and the, line is and a mess. the linebackers, Janoris Jenkins didn't play on Monday night. That changed. And he's back. He is back, back. but – but he didn't play like so. You still have to be careful because is he being forced? Is he being pressed? Because is he one? Is it one hundred percent Janoris Jenkins? Because I mean, one hundred percent Janoris Jenkins is He's awesome. One of the best. But like twenty percent Janoris Jenkins is probably a liability. A liability. So once again, your pick. I'm going Philadelphia twenty-two. Giants 17. All right, and I don't do the score thing because I'm not good at math. I mean, I had 23 plus 27 equaling 60 last week, so but I'll I simply like say the Eagles uh, <laughs> by by a touchdown. Uh, Perfect. We'll, I'll go Eagles by a touchdown. All right, as uh, we move on in our Freeland forecast, Chiefs Chargers. Use that little alert emoji here, upset alert emoji on this one. Um, I do think Kansas City comes to. Los Angeles. I, by the way, I loved that the announcer in the stadium said San Diego. Um, referee said he, or it the referee, rather. referee said it twice, yeah. Yep. I think it'll, it'll take a minute to I know, but uh, people got that. mad. Yeah. I, I kind of like their fury. Good for them. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> Marcus Peters is one of, the, if not the best corners in, one of the best corners in the entire NFL, but he doesn't really travel. That doesn't mean he's not going to travel in this game, but I think Keenan Allen is still a good fantasy pick because I think they'll figure out ways to scheme where Keenan Allen has nothing to do with Marcus Peters. Do you recall what happened last year in the uh, the opener? Keenan Allen, first half, they traveled Marcus Peters with Keenan Allen. That's- Six receptions, 60 yards, he goes down, the Chargers are up by 21, and uh, it all falls apart. It, I, I mean, so I think he that— had, He certainly got the best of Marcus Peters in that one-on-one matchup. Absolutely. So those one-possession losses to me, again, this team is not an 0-2 team. This is it's just probably a 1-1 and team. Let's let's be honest. You've got to roll the dice the other way and 1-1, <laughs> and right? So Kansas City, the ability to rush the football, that's going to be the main difference here. If you look at the Chargers injuries, I'm sure you can give me a much better overview of— It's a bad deal. Yeah. I mean, so, and Hairston's now out. They're backup right tackle. What about cornerback? Uh, quarterback. Qu- oh, corner. Yeah, Verrett's. I, I don't know if Verrett's going to play. I, I don't know. And not out there, that's a big, big hit to Verrett this team. is a – I mean, Cam Hayward's great. But you need more than one yeah. corner to be excellent in the cornerback position. You have to have two. And they, Verrett is a great complementary skill set to Cam, to Cam Hayward. They kind of try to run like the Seattle, you know, this yeah. one's the more cerebral waiting for you. This one's the more in-your-face batting Well, they down. played, you know, they played Casey inside for a while there, too, in the slot. So they were moving him around last yep. week a lot. And they're just, they're asking him to do a lot without Verrett out there. And when you have Tyree Kill. Casey Hayward, sorry. I said yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know, uh, when you have, when you have the, the, the difference here is you look at the weapons that the Dolphins had. That yep. could be the best three receiver set in all of the NFL with Parker, Landry, and Stills and just their unique skill sets as they mesh with one another. Stills to take the top off. Landry, that possession receiver with great hands. And Parker just, I don't know how people cover him. I mean, the, his leaping ability, his 50-50 ball. And they asked Casey to do everything. And if they have to do that again this week, that's a tough ask of, of Hayward and the Chargers without you, Jason Verrett out there. You saw the time of possession, too. The time of possession. That defense was on the field about four minutes longer than the offense. That's a big difference. And it was even worse in the Bronco game. Right. So that time of possession is something to keep an eye on in this one. Although I do think the Chargers figure it out. I think they figure out how to 
keep it at least closer. I do have Kansas City winning, but only by one point, 22-21. But this is the upset alert. These these road teams coming to you know other people's homes and potentially being you know people thinking the way the, road yeah, the, way teams, the schedule lays yeah, out. Yeah, it seems there's like there's a, a lot of, of road know, teams yeah. who seem like they might win the game. But in this case, I think. You know, you got to be careful. This, this, this is an upset alert for sure. But I think Kareem Hunt and the ability to run the football, manage the clock—that's going to be the difference. Yeah, that's where, where that's where it'll be made, no doubt. Uh, and also Hayward. taking care of the ball. You I know, like cannot Casey turn Hayward. the ball over, and uh, no and one can turn the ball slow. over though. And Corey Leach probably had his best game in the last year and a half last week against the Dolphins. Uh, so if he and Mebane can get things right in the middle of that line and slow down Kareem Hunt, then. Certainly, it, it could work out in the favor of the Chargers. You were at the game last week, by the way. I was. Uh, you, you got your first StubHub Loved it. center experience, 27,000 people. It was amazing. The best food, so <laughs> much fun. I was so close. I saw the vein in Philip Rivers' forehead. I'm never going to be the same. It was yeah, amazing. It is uh, unique. It's- it was. I, saw, I heard him yelling. You can you can hear you can it, hear and and that can, was something that came out of that game. A lot of people heard on that fourth and one. You know you could just hear him yelling at Spencer Pulley as center. When yeah. I goose you, snap the ball. Why yep. did you hold the ball? Yeah. Um, no, yeah. it was it was if you if you're in L if you're in L A and you have a chance to come to a game like this, I'm go absolutely. And by the way, to get an Uber out after takes like 15 minutes. Other stadiums like two hours. Two hours. Right. Yeah. 15 minutes. Amazing. It's a, it's a really cool, um, unique experience. And while it's here for three years, as no, you, you got to do cannot, it. Cannot and recommend. Honestly, it best. I ate my way through that entire stadium. <laughs> you love the food. I, 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 I can't get over. I've brought it up maybe seven times already before we started f- taping this. Like you can get pokey. You can get chicken fingers. You can get um, a burger. You can get anything you want Big in that victory. stadium. Now uh, again, just because I'm not going to pick this game, you have. Kansas City 22, Chargers 21. All right. Um, and, and I know that you have the Chargers by two touchdowns. Just if anyone's. Three, three touchdowns. touchdowns. Okay. Yes. Remember, Got they it. were up by 21 <laughs> before Keenan Allen went down in the opener last year. This is this is the cleansing game for the Chargers. You know, they are now 1-10 in, in one-score games over the last two seasons. Yeah. And it all started with this game uh, in week one when they were up 21 points before Keenan Allen injured his knee. All right, we move on to Bucks and Vikings, and this is one of those injury games that it's That's just right. it's hard to project when we're doing the pod right now. Keep an eye. So this is Thursday when we're taping this, and when when Sunday comes around, especially Sunday, an hour and a half before games start, both games, you know, the morning and the and the evening games, um, just keep an eye because I'll usually tweet if there's some sort of update or difference to the game. Right now, with a I've, I've run the model with. You know, 50% Sam Bradford, 50% not Sam Bradford, because that seems like what it's about right now. And I have Tampa Bay coming out on top 23-21. Jameis Winston, interesting. When he plays top 10 defenses, he's 9-15 and touchdown to interception ratio. That's almost— That's not good. Yeah, that's not that great. He's 1-6 overall. You know, I do like the matchup of Mike Evans and Xavier Rhodes. And by like it, I mean I, I like Xavier. You like Xavier. it for Rhodes or you like it I for— I like it for yeah. Rhodes. I think that's Rhodes a really— Rhodes is really good. Rhodes is incredible. Okay, just just some for fun. Against Antonio Brown and Odell Beckham combined, what's his passer rating? 21.8 passer rating allowed. Whew! Xavier Rhodes, number 29, is really good. The thing that's interesting about this game is Jameis Winston has improved his weapons in the middle of the field. Those interceptions come in the middle of the field between the numbers. So when you're watching where tight ends are, where you know blocks need to happen— they did get better in this. Deshaun Jackson on that third level. Um, O.J. Howard, the tight end that they drafted to help block and also pe- catch passes. They're, they have a better – they've gotten better. Cam Braid, obviously, is the pass-catching tight end there in the middle of the field. So I do anticipate that to be one of the main drivers. But this Tampa Bay defense, Gerald McCoy may or may not be playing. you got to keep an eye on that. 
Quan Alexander, the linebacker, may or may not be playing. That's a huge difference, especially with Cook. Who <laughs> the funny part about the funny about part about Dalvin Cook is that as the game goes on, he gets better and better. Fourth quarter, he's what averaging. you want from a back, right? That four-minute yeah. offense. If you got a lead, no doubt, I start mean, punishing the defense. Punishing. 9.1 yards per touch in the fourth quarter. That's ridiculous. 7.5 in the third quarter, 2.9. Like, he just keeps getting better throughout the game. And if you're missing Quan Alexander and or Gerald McCoy. In the center of that field, yeah. You will pay. It's, uh, it's in, you mentioned it just going into this, that you have road teams that look to be uh, squads that will come out on top against, you know, really good home teams as yeah. well, like in this case. To me, it's just, you know, we're hearing that Sam Bradford is limited, that he's right. not moving real well. That leads me to believe that it's a Case Keenum game. And if that's the case, if, I'll go Bucks all day. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Bucks. If, if it's a Case Keenum game, it will be Bucks by more. If it's not a Case Keenum, but you have to keep in mind, there there is a, the Quan Alexander and Gerald, especially. One of the best Gerald linebackers McCoy and one of the best defensive linemen nasty. in the league. Yeah. Interior linemen, as far as interior linemen goes, like I yeah, would. He and Aaron Donald. Correct. And uh, Geno Atkins. There's and, your you kind know, of big three. Right? And Fletcher Mike Daniels. Cox and, uh, Mike Daniels. Yeah, Mike Daniels. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah. Gerald McCoy is nasty, and you want to stay away. And remember, this this Bucks defense has gotten better over the, the second half of last season into this season. The amount of turnovers and sacks they're able to generate, so pressure and mistakes that they force, this is a team to really watch going forward. But again, if they're not playing, it changes the opportunity. There could be a lot fewer points scored if, all of these injuries actually come to fruition. Yeah, and I, I just I'm such a big believer in Deshaun Jackson too, and him completely Deshaun changing Jackson the complex of pass defenses. Everything. Yeah, you he's can't that fast. leave Deshaun Jackson yeah. unguarded. I mean, I think his what was it yards per attempt, uh, air Six yards million. per attempt last week were like over twenty. That's yeah. just, it's it, it's 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 right. it's a totally different level, deal for Mike Evans having him over there. Having someone who's a legitimate third level threat, so like those deep passes, third level, whatever we can call it, whatever we want. That changes the space in the middle of the field, and you got better at blocking in the middle of the field. Okay, I, yeah. I like it. Again, uh, we agree on everything. I, uh, I go Buccaneers over the Vikings as well, especially it, it looks like it, it's going to end up being a Case Keenum game You know, when we're doing this pod here on this Thursday. Right. Keep, a, right. keep, keep an eye on that one. Yeah, that yeah. brings us to 10 games in 10 minutes. You ready? Probably do it nine. We're take, so all right, take your take your deep <laughs> breath because this is all on you. Ten games, ten minutes. Let's start with an early one. If you have a fantasy uh, player on either the Raven, Ravens or Jags, the remember, Ravens and Jags, the Ravens and the Jaguars. Remember, <laughs> the this Jaguars. is the London game. It's in London. Nine thirty a.m. Eastern, six thirty a.m. Pacific. Get those lineups set now. Is there a difference in uh, the London performance because it's so early? So it's it's less about being early and more about kind of wonky things happening. There are more lopsided games. We didn't last year necessarily kind of didn't follow that trend, but there have been enough games now where you see kind of teams that are good be really good. And then remember the coaches, like the adage, like coaches get fired when you get back. So that's because there's there's big disparity in who wins and who loses. So bigger disparities than normal. Uh, Ravens Jaguars. Ravens Jaguars. Is this going to take longer than thirty seconds? We said ten games nope. in ten minutes. No. Baltimore twenty three. Jags 19. But be, beware here. Pretty close. Beware here. So the Marshall Ravens Yonda. don't get another four turnovers uh, in this one? I, I think the Ravens, you got to be careful. Well, yeah, on the Ravens' Yonda's offense up. side, Marshall Yonda, gone. He's like one of the best, if not the best guard in the league. Probably the best interior lineman in the league, yeah. Yeah. Go on. Let's, let's be careful there. And that so, Jags front's been a lot better with Calais Campbell getting at it and uh, yeah, Fowler back from you injury. Know, that could be a, if you are desperate for a fantasy for a fantasy defense, that could be a desperate a desperation pick. The Jags. The Jags. Okay. Yep. So Ravens, one more time. Ravens, 23. Jaguars, 19. Okay, Broncos-Bills next. 
This one, upset alert. Alert, alert, alert. Upset alert? Upset alert. The Bills are going to score on that Broncos D? Denver 23, Bills 22. Okay, so at least they make and it close. Jordan, and, and Jordan Matthews could be a good fantasy pick if, you, if you're needing one. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, so they will not do to the Bills offense what that defense did to the Chargers and Cowboys offenses, two of the better offenses in the league. So if you want to know the reason why, part Please, of it is Patrick, real quick. Patrick DeMarco, the, the fullback. Patrick DeMarco helping Shady. I know Shady didn't have a great game last week, but LaShawn McCoy coming off, you know, nine rushing yards. It not, was bad. It was, it was not good. So this is not going to continue. The, the, the Patrick DeMarco You're blocking You're going a Shady him. game. I'm going Shady. Okay. Steelers-Bears. Steelers-Bears, Pittsburgh 27, Bears 17. Do you, do you need to know more? No. By the way, be careful. Uh, Can I Ken, start Tariq Cohen or no? Yeah, okay. start Tariq Cohen. And Lev Bell, he's fine. Stop anyone. Work. Stop it. He's only had two, you know, last year he had one less than 100 yards scrimmage game of the 12 that he played. Yes, he's had two. Okay, get over it. It's it's done. Like, I'm not worried about him one bit. Also, watch in, in Chicago. You could potentially look for some fantasy sleepers there because Kendall Wright has been injured. They have... Pretty much no one to throw to. Maybe you pick up Zach Miller if you need a tight end. And just get all those little dump passes to Tariq Cohen in those PPR right. leagues. And by the way, if TJ Watt plays, it looks like TJ Watt's going to play again, it, it double down on your Zach Miller and your Tariq Cohen. Okay. Because, sorry, got no Mike time. Lennon. Yeah. Got no time. Browns-Colts. Browns-Colts. You ready? Colts, 24. Browns, 22. I think some people think that Cleveland's going to go on the road and win. I do, actually. Okay. I, I do. I love that defense, I'm, uh, especially if Miles Garrett, who looks like he's going to end up playing in this one. They said his ankle is better, and he's he's on track to play in this one. Um, I just I like that defense. I really do. I like the defense, too. Actually, I think that the Browns are, are up-and-coming team. Again, look for some fantasy love here because Corey Coleman's out, so you can pick up some of the people to replace him. <clears throat> David Joku. <clears throat> David Joku. But other than that, I still think Indianapolis 24. Again, these are And Rashad Higgins, teams. by the way, who got a ton of targets last week after Corey Coleman went out. I mean, just a ton yep. of targets. Yep, Rashad Higgins for sure. Okay, uh, Dolphins-Jets. Fins 23, Jets 19. Again, close uh, yep. in that one. Although the Dolphins, this one will be interesting um, because the Dolphins, you know, you saw what they were able to do last week running the ball with Jay Ajayi, and he yep. was so effective. Um, and I'm anxious to see what that Jets line looks like against, you know, what it certainly appears Adam Gase wants to do with the Dolphins. And you know that he wants this to be a do? running game. He wants it to be a running game, but I think he also wants to get Julius Thomas a little bit more involved. That This is also another place to look for some tight end love. Austin Safarian Jenkins returns from his two-game suspension in this one. And the, the Dolphins last week allowed 10 receptions on 12 targets to tight ends. That's a lot. They also allowed 10 uh, touchdowns. Last year to tight ends, that's one of the top in the league. That this could be a good Austin Shafarian Jenkins pick. They don't. Who are they going to throw to other than that? Robbie Anderson. Jermaine yep. Curse. Jermaine Curse. But but I mean, look, you got pressure coming. They, the Dolphins are yeah. key at pressure. You can you can. Especially Miami right up in the middle of that line. Jets nineteen. Texans Patriots. Do we need to spend a ton of time on this? New England twenty eight. Uh, Texans seventeen. Be careful. Gronk might not play in this one. So that could be mean fewer points just overall. Gronk may or may not play. I actually would not start him in fantasy if I had him anyways. Um, this team is really tough on opposing tight ends. This team being the Texans, really tough on opposing tight ends. And Gronk doesn't appear to be 100%. I love DeAndre Hopkins in this one, too. There we go. Okay. And oh, a fun fact, rookies in New England against Belichick, 0-8. Good luck, Deshaun Watson. Rookies overall against Belichick in any location, 5 of 16. So maybe it would be better if they weren't in 5 of 16. On all sites, yep. So that's got to be Mark Sanchez, 
there's got to be a win there, if not maybe two. I don't know if they – oh, no, that they would be zero. And so it would only be once, yeah. So Mark Sanchez is definitely one of them. I'm trying to think of who else would be a rookie that beat – Bill Belichick. Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, yeah, Roethlisberger. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, all right. <laughs> I'll give you the complete I'm slowing list. you down. Yeah. No, you're good. Seahawks, Titans, Tennessee 24, Seahawks 21. I think this could be an upset alert, too, but I still think Tennessee comes out on top despite their injuries. Everyone's injured, so be careful on this one. I might change my mind if I do. I tweet it depend on the final injury Well, report. maybe if the Seahawks can find some semblance of offensive line protection. And um, if they could stop allowing 5.2 yards per carry. There's that. There's, there's and run themselves, too. by the way. Although, we'll see if this is a full-on Chris Carson game. He has looked super effective if, running the ball. If I were picking a – if I had a – If you had to pick one between Kirk, Lacey Rawls and Carson, it would be It would be all-in Chris Carson. Yeah. Yep, if I had to pick one. But I do think this is a – I think the wide receivers in this game could see some love on both sides of the field. So, I think – Richard Matthews is an interesting pick. Even Eric Decker, if you need some really deep sleepers. And interesting to see if they are now making their way toward Derrick Henry. If this is now a Derrick Henry offense, not a DeMarco Murray offense. Obviously, watch the injury report on this one. But Derrick Henry could be your your running back of the week. Could be an RB2, yeah. I mean, even beyond flex play. Yep. Bengals Packers. This one is so fascinating to me. You know how many many, uh, touchdowns the Bengals have scored? Yeah, none. So, Packers. Green Bay, 27. Bengals, 21. Oh, boy. I don't think it's going to be a 14-point home game and home victory in Lambeau. And I think you're totally fine playing A.J. Green. Okay. Anybody okay? else? I think, I mean, you want to play Ty Montgomery. Keep an eye on this O-line. Ty Montgomery becomes an even better play. Randall Cobb may or may not play, but I'm guessing Everybody's not. hurt on the Packers. They're, they're literally matter. all hurt. So they you still really beat need to, the Bengals. Th- this could be some good fantasy love for some really good sleepers. Geronimo Allison. Oh, here we go. Here we go again. Uh, that's like, no, when you say Geronimo Allison, it's time to move on. Uh, right, right. <laughs> we go to Raiders, Redskins. Oh, wait, I got to tell you something about Aaron Rodgers in this one. Aaron Rodgers, right now, he's currently defeated 30 of the 31 other NFL teams. Bengals are his last one to defeat. Really? There's only seven quarterbacks who've defeated. So um, Favre and Manning both did 32 because they played for opposite teams. But there's only seven total quarterbacks who have defeated all 31 other teams. Brady, Breeze, Roethlisberger, and Kerry Collins. There you go. There's your fun So Rodgers needs this one. He needs it. There we go. Raiders, <laughs> Redskins, Sunday Night Football. Sunday Night Football. I have the Raiders, Raiders. 24, Redskins, 23. Awesome offensive line play. We, we've seen nothing this but one, bad offensive line play all season long through two weeks. These are two teams with, the be, with, with better offensive lines than most teams have. Better O-lines than most teams have. But this one, that, that upset alert, too. Do You heard it's only a one-point Raiders road victory. Okay. Cowboys and Cardinals. Somehow Dallas wins 25-23. Okay, Zeke, we're we're good in this one. Yeah, there you go. Calm down, Cowboy fans. It's all right. right. And the Cardinals have not looked good at all so far this season. I know they got that win in Indianapolis, but man. Uh, and, and injuries again. All right, this comes. Uh, oh, what do you know? It's, uh, it's time, time for to humiliate me. Let's let's humiliate me. It's a surprise question. Okay, so got? last year, um, the games through two weeks were averaging a score of forty-five point six. So that's a lot of points per game, right? That was actually the second highest. You know, since they started keeping track, so like seventy, right? The, since the merger, okay. and you had all the old curmudgeons saying, "This isn't the football." This isn't the football. I, I play. Right. They they also walked uphill both ways to school in the rain Certainly. and the snow, whatever. So this year. We are averaging 40.3 points total. Considerably less. Considerably less. I want to know when the last time you believe, so like you just said, those old curmudgeons saying this isn't the football of yesteryear. When's yesteryear? When's the last last time 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 or lower? Oh, boy. So that's going to be run-heavy football, great defense. I'm going to go – I'm going to actually go like 
early Brady era. Let's go 2004. Wow, you're really close. It's 2001. Yeah, well, there we go. I should have gone pre-Brady right before uh, 16 Bill Belichick years. and his passing. Fewest points through in, two yeah. weeks in 16 years. And that goes back, I think, to the conversation we just had. It's, it's, you know, you listen to some of the people around here that we work with at NFL Network, especially, you know, Sean O'Hara, Brian Baldinger, these O-line guys. They're like, it's so bad. The O-line play is so atrocious that it's hard to get any rhythm in an offense right now mm-hmm. because these kids are coming out of college from spread offenses. This is what I, if I was a general manager or I'm in a front office, I'm only drafting O-linemen that play for Air Force or Georgia Tech. I want them running the option. I want dudes that can hold blocks for more than two right. seconds, uh, which we're just not seeing. And they're drafting athletes that show out at the combine now. And you're getting these emergence of young running backs who are the rookies this year have had such a significant impact. Sacks, running backs, like scrimmage yards. Rookies this year have made a huge impact, especially at that running back position. All right, we go to points, points. on points. Did you like how I segued that? Yeah, come it was on, very good. That was good. Points on Great. points. Uh, these are games that you might think are going to be defensive struggles or offensive explosions, and your math says they are not. Alert! 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what do we got? All right, so let's start in Denver and Buffalo. We talked about this. You you even said it when we said, wow, that Denver. Yeah, I mean, Trevor Simeon's coming off a four touchdown game. Anderson mm-hmm. looks like the most effective runner, and. and- I think you're going to see a lot of points in this one. Okay. And I think Buffalo figures it out. Now, Charles Clay, questionable here. Who's going to catch the passes? Could be Zay Jones even. But for me in this speaking one. Speaking of rookies. Speaking of rookies. See, another segue. We're yeah. so good at this. We're so good at <laughs> pods. Um, this one, I think the points are going to be more than you might expect to be than when I first thought about and it. And a lot of that just comes from the Buffalo side. You know, you can the have Buffalo one team side. blow out the other, and that doesn't right, necessarily think, mean you think that like, it's a wow. high-scoring game. You need both teams right. in order to exactly. get uh, and Buffalo, know, what feels like an offensive explosion. The Buffalo ability to score points against this Denver defense, yowzers, but yeah. it doesn't seem like okay. it. But the math suggests otherwise. Cincinnati, Green Bay, another one where you're like, well, Green Bay, I can see scoring points because that's what Aaron Rodgers does. He scores points. Cincinnati doesn't have a touchdown yet this year. Since, oh, I hate all the things. The Reds have scored more often. That, stop it. <laughs> stop it. I get it. So <laughs> Cincinnati, Green Bay, I think Cincinnati keeps it closer than you might imagine. These are still pro football teams. I love AJ. I, I, I don't love AJ Green in this. I like AJ Green in this. AJ Green faces two cornerbacks who gave up a bunch of receptions and a bunch of yards last week. This is still AJ Green. AJ Green belongs up there in that Julio Jones category. He is a he's that guy. He goes up. So more he, points than we think in this one. More points than we think in this okay. one. Fewer points than we think. Oakland and Washington. So you see defense, and, and the Raiders' offense has looked as uh, as prodigious as any in the league. And that the Raiders' offense is awesome. Yeah, that gets There's, tempered in Washington in gets, the district. It gets it gets tempered on the road in Washington. I think you have to you have to factor in a little bit more of the. So, okay, so when you think of Kirk Cousins against that Oakland defense, you're like, oh, he's just going to kind of cut them up. I mean, that's what we've been waiting for, right? We've been waiting for it. We've been waiting for it, and it hasn't happened yet. But careful, Jordan Reed, you're not playing, so that changes things. Terrell Pryor, the connection has not been there necessarily And I mean, on the other side of the ball, I've been waiting for that Oakland secondary to get just cut apart, and it has not happened. Now, granted, you know, you think about the Titans and the Jets, okay, maybe we'll see the Redskins do it, but your math says no. Nope, not this game. Close, A close one. But a close one with not a ton of points. Low scoring, okay. Close, low scoring game. Another one that's low scoring, you're going to see it. You're going to call it Kansas City uh. Chargers. And I think we, you know, you look at Kareem Hunt and you think, wow, this guy's explosive. And he is. And you look at Tyreek Hill and you're like, wow, this guy's explosive. And he is. And then on the other side of the ball, you're like, Keenan Allen, baller, Melvin Gordon, he can do it. But, and all those people are good fantasy plays individually. But when it comes to the number of total points that are going to be scored in this one, I think it stays very close, a more kind of defense-heavy smash mouth, 
even though Eric Berry isn't playing. Yeah, and you have, and I guess that makes sense when you think about the pass rush. You know, that you have Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram on one side, Justin Houston, Houston, D Ford on the other side. Yeah, so it would make a lot of sense that they want a ball control and just no turnovers. I mean, that is probably what's going to dictate the outcome of that game. So, yeah, yeah, that works. Uh, The math supports, I guess, what the uh, personnel suggests. Supportive math. All right, finally, confidence index is what we call it. Uh, This is where you are fearless. You you puff that chest out and you say, these are the games I believe the most in. It's hard to pick this one and like believe in anything because it's I'm picking Indianapolis to beat the Browns but I really like Indianapolis that's, to beat to beat the Browns. Two zero and two teams one doesn't have Andrew Luck and we've said that that's what the Colts are and nothing else so that's I'd say that's bold and that's that's a bit fearless. I think many people think Carolina is just gonna roll New, New Orleans and I told you I think this one's could be an upset alert while I have Carolina winning by it's only by three points and I think this one could even swing to the the Saints winning this game. So for me, this one's going to be way closer than when you close your eyes, you might imagine. And lastly, and this one feels like the biggest ledge that I'm standing on, Cincinnati to keep it closer in Green Bay. I think people think they're at Lambeau. It's, it's, Cincinnati has done nothing. You know, they fired their offensive coordinator, everything, all these things, all of these reasons. Well, really, I think that just means a little bit of chaos. And sometimes chaos is good when it comes to keeping games closer than imagined. For me, I think they, they keep the Cincinnati keeps it closer. And again, I told you about the the ability of the cornerbacks to give AJ Green to let AJ Green eat. Quentin Rollins, Demarius Randall allowed ten of eleven uh, receptions of, to targets in week two for 148 yards. And then just because uh, you have close ones there, I always like to point out and at least recap before we wrap this whole thing up that you uh, do like big wins for the Steelers over the Bears, and Steelers. you like a big win for the Patriots I do, but, over the but, Texans. But if, put an asterisk on that last with one. With Gronk. With, with how, many total, how many total kind of points you think of in this game, because it's not going to be this high scoring, it's not going to be New England scoring 6,000 points this week, especially if Gronk doesn't play. That defense is for real. Bill O'Brien is a Bill Belichick protege. They've kept it closer than you might think in those games. So be careful to think like, oh, this giant blowout with like 4 million points in the whole in the whole game on that one. Okay. Um, Asterix. That is going to do it for week three. And again, thank you so much for downloading uh, the podcast, you. for we subscribing. So we certainly appreciate it. If there is one more thing, again, I'll, I'll reiterate, we could uh, implore you to perhaps do. If you have just a quick couple minutes, podsurvey.com slash game. Theory. We want to keep this thing going. We do need advertisers. We want advertisers that are speaking directly to you that you want to hear from. And podsurvey.com slash game theory allows us to do that. It gets, uh, we get to know you a little bit better. So uh, if you do it, it, if you do help us out and take that anonymous survey, uh, you could end up winning a $100 Amazon gift card. So again, that is podsurvey.com slash game theory. If you have just a couple minutes, it would help us out with the pod as we want to keep this thing going. Thank you so much for downloading, subscribing, listening, reviewing on iTunes. That always helps us out as well. We'll be back again next week uh, for your week four matchups. Coming off a great week last week for Cynthia in week two. See <laughs> if that the, won't uh, continue always, well. let's, let's, see. let's just keep let's, it off. Let's, let's see if we can get a streak going here. <laughs> get it let's back get a streak. Back.